Hello, San Pedro podcast, episode 80. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jess. And this is the Hello, San Pedro podcast. Join us as we talk with locals, community leaders, business owners, and people like us who love all things San Pedro. Every week, we'll explore San Pedro's deeply rooted culture, discuss local issues, and spread good vibes. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Amanda Silva. We are really, really excited to bring to you a new series that focuses on local history. And we're doing this in honor of Angela Romero, who was a local historian and a good friend of mine and was very deeply cherished by this community um, who unfortunately passed away in April. Um, We did an episode about her last week and you can learn more about her there. She was also a frequent guest on this podcast. So there are quite a few episodes where you can hear her speak about awesome things that she's passionate about. Uh, The reason we're focusing on history is because we really want to make sure that the work she did and her legacy of uncovering local history and preserving it and retelling those stories is kept alive. You know, we're, we're right in, we're embarking in a new era here in San Pedro. We are starting a new chapter as West Harbor is getting built and we are continually building new apartment complexes and high rises or at least high rises for us. Um, And so we really want to make sure that as we modernize and as we get new and um, shiny things brought to our our community, that we're also taking the time to preserve what really matters and um, retell the stories of our past, of our culture, and of our history. I, I hope that these next few episodes really encourage you and inspire you to dig in into some local history on your own. And maybe that means um, diving into your your family history. Maybe that means um, looking into the history of an organization that you're a part of and uncovering some of the major accomplishments that were there. Um, Whatever it is and however it inspires you, we just hope that we can all continue, um, continue the good work. So we're doing our small part by sharing some of these stories here on the podcast, and we really, really hope you enjoy. Today's guests are very near and dear to me. I have known them for a long, long time, um, and I really enjoyed our conversation. And it could be because of my personal connection to these guests and um, the topic of the episode that I enjoyed our conversation so much, but I really do think that it was not only fun and entertaining, but incredibly fascinating. I I just hope that you get from it what I did, and we'll go ahead and let our guests introduce themselves. Enjoy. I'm Nathan Hoff, and uh, I have been here in San Pedro since 2005 with my family. I'm married to Joy, and we got four kids. One of them was born here. Peter was born here. We thought that was a good name for someone born in Pedro. And uh, the other uh, three kids are Christian and Annika and Sam. Christian's married to Molly, and they just moved back to Pedro, which makes us so excited. But it's not the first time, actually, I've been to San Pedro. I was born here. I was born at San Pedro Hospital. My dad was stationed at Fort MacArthur, lived here a whole six weeks, and then moved back in 2005. And we're just so, so happy to live in this wonderful town. Uh, My name is Sue Scott. I'm retired deaconess uh, here at Trinity. And um, I'm married to a guy named Tobiah. Uh, I just call him Tobe. I think you do too, Amanda. Uh, I've known Amanda almost her whole life. We were neighbors for a long time. She's really dear friends with my daughter. I also have two sons. All my kids are married. And my heart right now belongs to four little grandchildren Hmm. whom I adore. Amazing. Oh my gosh. You guys are going to hear so many stories from (laughs) Sue. (laughs) Uh, um, Well, we're here today to talk about Trinity Lutheran Church here in San Pedro on between 6th and 7th Street, right Mm -hmm. off of Weymouth. Um, I have a personal history with this church because as Sue said, um, she's known me since I was very little, two years old, I think. 
And her daughter and I were really close friends and they invited me to church one day. They invited me to VBS. Um, and I just had that full circle moment recently when I brought, you know, my son to church, um, to VBS. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was here. I was here when I was little. And this was, it was a moment, you know? And I remember when you were here that week, just, I almost thought you were looking at this whole thing through his eyes. You know what I mean? It was so, so special, those connections being made. It was, it was really incredible. And it was so good to see old faces. I mean, I hadn't been here in so long. So I grew up in this church and I went to um, Trinity Lutheran School because it used to have a school, which was an interesting very awesome school and it was such a nurturing place for me to grow up really it was um and yeah so i i i know that you guys just celebrated your centennial Mm -hmm. and technically it's 101 years correct (laughs) that's correct okay we had we had a little bit of a it was not an argument just discussion about whether we (laughs) should put 101 on the birthday cake oh because we were stressing centennial that was important yeah i'm already like arguing in my head I know, what, like, what do we do? And how many candles and how many yeah. white doves are we going to release? And yeah, it was oh, that's uh, funny. It was good because we're like, we celebrate 100, but we're doing it in our 101st year. What did you is, go with? Yeah. I think we kind of went with remember. both all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't remember even what we had on the cake. No, I don't either. Was it 100 Happy or 101? Trinity. I'll have to look back on a picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all cared, but not, not enough to that's remember. That's so funny. I don't think we actually had 100 of those doves, but you can't tell. No, so it's true. That's it's true. not an issue, mm-hmm. but it was really fun to see them all, you know, go up and circle. And that, you know, the white dove release is um, your in-laws right. business. It's yeah. very, wow. they're at Green Hills all the time, yeah. all over the place, really Southern special. California, where your, it was. Your in-laws have a, a dove business? Right. Yeah. Wow. It's so called white dove release and they do a lot of graveside services. Um, but a lot of other things too, weddings. And That's incredible. Yeah. So do you know the doves come back? I've always wondered. They come back to their home. Oh they don't come goodness. back to the basket, but they go to their home. Because they're homing yeah. pigeons. Yeah, yes. that's right. They're wow. just white. Yeah, it's cool. I never knew, and I always wanted to know, yep. do those doves just get out into the wild and they have to train a whole new set of doves oh, yeah. to do it again? Wow, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah, pretty much anyone who's been to a service at Green Hills would, would have mm-hmm. seen those uh, release, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, um, as I mentioned in the email, you know, we are trying to focus on history this yeah. month in honor of my friend, um, Angela Romero, yes. who was a local historian. She loved history. Um, and you know, now that she's gone, it's like, well, who's going to take up mm. that torch, you know? And I'm, I'm glad we have, I think, um, the San Pedro Historical Bay Society, and mm. I know they're continuing to do some good work there. Um, but I also just wanted to do my part, right. Yeah. And start, you know, sharing these stories that mm-hmm. have existed in San Pedro for so long. So, um, I thought this would be a fun one cause I'm so personally connected. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was hoping we could dive into the history and, Let's go back to the founding. Do we know? Yeah, we, like we said, it was about 101 years ago, August of 1921. And I, the interesting thing, I think, is that it was right at the heels of the Spanish flu, uh, which was a worldwide pandemic and a crazy time to have anything established, you wow. know. Um, and then for us to celebrate, well, we had to put it off a year because of, of course, COVID. Mm-hmm. Another um, worldwide pandemic. <laughs> another worldwide pandemic, wow. 100 years later. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the, um, well, I don't know, it, it, it allowed a, our imaginations to run wild a little bit about what that must have been like uh, to live during that time and to start something, to pioneer something, and just how unstable the world was and kind of is in many ways right now. Um, and yet, you know, as, as Christians, just how faithful God, I guess, has been to uh, us in our story. You know, we really think of the word history as <laughs> kind of his story, that it's a um, authored story. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you mentioned Angela. I'm so thankful for her um, work. I think she was actually the historian for our neighbors across the street at yes. Temple Bethel, mm-hmm. um, the Jewish temple that also is celebrating 100, 100 years. years, which is I, kind of amazing. I wanted to take a minute to shout out to them because they are also at 100 years celebrating their centennial as well. And um, yes, she was doing their, their history for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the stories of these communities, I think, are so... They have so much texture when you actually look into it. You know, it's just brick and mortar when you drive by these places or PV stone in the case of the temple and in the case of Trinity. Um, 
but you look back and it's different languages and it's different vocations, you know, and it's so contextual to, to San Pedro. Um, so there was a large Scandinavian population, which much of Scandinavia, Norway, Denmark, um, Sweden are Lutheran people. And uh, San Pedro had a good number of those people in the fishing and ship captains, port related type, um, you know, vocations. Uh, and some of them were in kind of an independent kind of a, some of the Christian believers were in kind of an independent gathering. Some of them were in the, uh, uh, the Methodist church actually in San Pedro. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Scandinavian Methodist church and, but it was some of the, 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 the largest group of Christians in those, in those nations came from the Lutheran background. And some of those people got together actually at the Methodist church down on second and Mesa here in San wow. Pedro, mm-hmm. which still exists actually as a, as a church, Spanish speaking church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Central Tabernacle is the name of that church. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I, I, I know the pastor and have Tabernacle. through the, through That's, the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a simple building down, mm-hmm. um, on Barton Hill. And they got together and said, maybe we need a Lutheran church. That was about 1918, 1919. Um, the, at that time, what was called the Norwegian Lutheran Church sent a pastor to the neighborhoods here and knocked on doors. Who else lives here? Is it possible to start a, a congregation here? And that was the beginnings, really, then of... Of Trinity. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was so deeply rooted in the Norwegian culture and yeah. the Scandinavian culture. That's... Yeah. And in fact, the first 15 years, they spoke Norwegian. So oh, they, my goodness. Yeah, they took the notes in English, which is helpful to us, but the, the um, worship services were in Norwegian. Norwegian. My yeah. goodness. And, so... and we love that they voted to speak English so that they could be you know, evangelistic. They could be welcoming and they could relate to others and invite and be inviting Mm -hmm. rather than stay Norwegian speaking. Mm -hmm. Right? No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They had a couple big decisions along the way. One of them is what language are we going to speak? One of them is, are we going to just, you know, minister to like, um, Norwegians coming and going from the port, you know, or are we going to minister in the neighborhood of San Pedro? Are we going to be kind of an ethnic Norwegian church? Or are we going to be an American church? These were huge decision points yeah. along the way. Um, and here we are now. We're an American, definitely a San Pedro parish, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and definitely English-speaking. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for all those decision points that our mm-hmm. ancestors had to make along the way. That is very interesting because in the in the episode that will come out before this, um, we I I get to speak with Joshua Stecker and Megan Barnes, friends of mine. Um, but Joshua Stecker is, a, you know Joshua, because sure, he used to write right. for the magazine. Yeah. Um, but he's the editor of the magazine. And so we talked about Angela and her work. Mm. Um, and they recalled her going to, like, I think there is another Norwegian church yeah. here. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And she would go to the services, and they do speak Nor- Norwegian. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah. And she would just be there, absorb, yeah. observe, and... She was very much about the, and we talk about this in the episode, that there's no one culture here, mm. you know, that kind of claim. A lot of cultures try to, you know, kind of claim yeah, right. Pedro as, you know, it's, you know. There's some majority yeah. cultures there for is, sure. There's yeah. majority cultures, but, yeah. you know, she was very much like, no, we have a lot of people, you know. Yeah. She would right. refer to Pedro as, you know, little America, yeah. you know, because we have such a melting pot it here. Um, but we we definitely talked about the Norwegian community yeah. here, which is incredible. And I didn't know that's you know, was our root here. Yeah. Wow. And when this church stopped speaking Norwegian, that's when the Norwegian church that you're talking about actually started. Oh. So yeah, it, there was a long and the the connection still continues to this day wow. between uh, the Norwegian Siemens Church and, and Trinity, okay. long connection. But I think what's kind of interesting to me too is that, so you know, though we're coming from so many different places in San Pedro, one thing that most of us share in common is this immigrant background Mm -hmm. and that experience of being in a new land um, or from somewhere. And Mm -hmm. California is kind of like that too, I feel like, Mm -hmm. that it is kind of the America of America. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that definitely is our story here at Trinity too. Definitely. You know, we, we, um, my husband and I and our dog, we walk down by the Cabrillo Beach and the marina virtually every day. And so often I picture these Europeans that had sailed around the world 
finding this place and going, I feel like I'm on the Mediterranean, yeah. sailing into home. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, I, and I think maybe that was part of how some of these wonderful people settled here. Mm. They found, they recognized something that yes. made them feel at home. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We've, we've talked about that before, about how, like, it feels like we have a little Mediterranean coast here, you yes. know? And that's how maybe so many European yeah. communities yes. have found themselves here. <laughs> I wondered if the Norwegians actually felt like they must just be on perpetual vacation, though, because their, <laughs> their coast is not Mediterranean, but right, this feels like right. that's true. awesome to that's those true. old. But is there a strong, I wonder if there's a strong, like, fisherman culture in, in you know, the Norwegian yeah. lands, right? So yeah. here there was also a strong fisherman culture. For so Sure. That probably either they brought that or you that know they found it. Right? No, that was definitely a continuation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So 1921. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah. do we know much about that time as far as San Pedro goes and how it relates to Trinity? Not I so wish, much. I wish I knew more. Yeah. I I just went and walked, of course, the Barton Hill streets because I was just trying to put myself in that context, you know, of walking mm -hmm. around down there and what mm -hmm. it must have mm -hmm. been like. Um, one resource that you probably know and uh, has tons of pictures is the Department of Water and Power. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the, I guess, the best picture and glimpses and postcards I got from mm -hmm. from that time in, in San Pedro and especially in the, you know, downtown area. Up here, of course, it was undeveloped where we are now and, right. and up the hill, uh, just totally either green hills or grassy kind of hills and so yeah, yeah I, I that that context is significant and this, too and this wasn't our first location either right oh where was it right well they wandered for a while meeting in different different places so they were a congregation of people but without a actual their own building mm. when they finally did build a building it was on 10th and Elma which mm -hmm. is the five corners mm -hmm. intersection mm -hmm. um, you can kind of see you know Mary Star uh, up from there now Although Mary Starr wasn't always there either. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, it was in the 50s that the church moved up here to um, to 7th and, and Broadway. And or physically Wayman. moved the building. Wow. Yeah, the well news pilot the actually has a wonderful picture of our original building on a big kind of, what do you call it? Like a, a platform yeah. that is going up 7th Street, I think. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Which is quite a so elevation. Which, I'm curious. Is it the sanctuary that was moved? It was the, the back half of the sanctuary. Okay. And Before the we raised library. the roof. You yes. remember when I we remember. raised the roof? You were here at that time. I remember so the, we raised the roof. That lower back section. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was a whole fundraising effort around Raise the Roof, yes. yeah, which right. was incredibly fitting because it was like very 90s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. Just that's Raise right. the Roof, right? Yeah. And in... in with that, you know, in mind, what's going on around our campus today, but yes. more renovation we'll talk, right now. We'll talk yes. about that because I do want to talk about, yeah. you know, what it looks like now sure. and how we mm -hmm. see it moving forward. But going back to where it was, I do remember, was it red carpet and red pews? Yes. And dark wood under, you know, before we raised the roof. It was right. very dark oh, very wood. very dark, yes, gothic kind of. Um, I do remember. And I loved the renovation of the sanctuary yeah. when that happened. It was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. And it opened up everything. The light just came in it really felt it felt it's just so beautiful um i'll just and, say oh go ahead well i was just gonna say I, i'm glad that so the back part of the sanctuary you yeah. know with those stained glass windows yeah. that's the part that has been pretty much from the beginning yeah since they built their first church yep it didn't it, in those days it didn't have stained glass windows they okay. were more just clear pane kind mm -hmm. of windows but mm -hmm. uh, since then they kind of unified it with the front of the right but the that newer part church is the historical yeah. part. Exactly, wow. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I was going to say the first, you know, decades even mm -hmm. were fragile, I would call them, for Trinity. Um, they they, they kind of didn't have enough people to uh, be able to afford a full-time pastor. Mm -hmm. So they were, a, you know, a, a, a people-led church, which is kind of cool, actually, in their history, that they can be a church without a... Pastor, pastor, you know, mm -hmm. pastors would come and serve in different ways for visiting pastors and stuff. But for quite a long time, they were without a pastor. And then the first and second pastor that they called, who both were um, kind of older men, 
um, ended up retiring when they were done at, at Trinity, but they usually had another job. They worked on the docks. They worked mm-hmm. other, other jobs. They were well-trained theologically, um, and yet they were hard, hardworking, mm-hmm. uh, like so many people in San Pedro mm-hmm. are. But kind of living, I, I kept thinking of the musical Fiddler on the Roof, you know what I mean? Like a Fiddler on the Roof kind of standing on the edge. Yeah. Trinity lived on the edge mm-hmm. for, for that for that time, and it really wasn't until the, let's say, the baby boom, you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. time after World War II, when Trinity said, we are going to be a real American church, mm-hmm. and not just a Norwegian ethnic church, that they really started knocking on doors, inviting people to mm-hmm. church. And, the outreach, and it was that door-to-door about, outreach. I think in mm-hmm. 1956, there was a pastor named Pastor Hoffman, and he came and was great at knocking on doors, inviting people. His first Sunday here, he said there was uh, 40 or 39, 39 people in church and $45 in the offering plate. And he said he looked at the offering, offering plate and said, Lord, you multiplied the loaves and fishes. You need to do it again. <laughs> but even the bishop at that time kind of was wondering if Trinity was even going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made a deal with that pastor and said, We'll find another good church for you if this doesn't work. It won't be your fault. This church is kind of hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time the church grew to about 300 people what year in was just this? a few years, Nathan, 1956 yeah. to 1960. Mm-hmm. So um, I call him the evangelist, Pastor you said Hoffman. 300 people? It grew to oh about 300 goodness. people. So it was a really. And that would be when the Scots showed up too. Exactly. Really? Sue's, um, mm-hmm. Sue's family, extended family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, mar- uh, came, the family that I wonderfully married into. Yeah, mm-hmm. and really came alive spiritually during that time, too. But so. I, I, I would um, like to say that Nathan did an amazing job with some, um, they're on YouTube, mm-hmm. maybe you'll have a chance to say how, that, how to access them, with aspects of our history. And one of the things we did at the Centennial Celebration just a little over a week ago yeah. was view those and you know, with a little bit more commentary from some individuals, but one of the highlights was a couple weeks before the centennial, again, which we just celebrated, Nathan said, how about, maybe I should go visit Pastor Hoffman in- uh, Flagstaff. In Flagstaff. Yeah. And you know, we're meeting as a committee and we're thinking, we're having the centennial in just a couple of weeks. And Joy said, his wife, yeah, you like road trips, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> She ended up She's like have fun. She with that. ended yeah. up jumping in the little truck with yeah. him, and they went together, and they recorded the most precious footage oh of ninety-two-year-old mm-hmm. Pastor Hoffman wow. and his wife explaining some of the things that we then were able to learn about. Yeah, just uh, uh, as on those uh, videos that you made. Yeah, he was definitely the the oldest, like first person you know, kind of witness that we had during that time it was really special. I'm so oh glad God. that yeah. they decided to do that because it was a beautiful presentation. Yeah. Well, that's exactly them. the type of work that I think like needs to be done. Yeah. And, you know, with our, with our history, yes. you know what I mean? Getting those like firsthand accounts, yeah. right. From the people who were there yeah. to share those stories. So that is incredible. I'm ha- so grateful for the news pilot and right. the archive because yes. we had people, uh, dear gal at Trinity here, Shelly Michelson, who mm-hmm. was the, Secretary administrator mm-hmm. for a long time. She's kind of become our archivist almost. She and oh she goodness. has scoured old archives from the news pilot, which I was able to incorporate some of those clippings then yeah. into those histories too, which was really great. That's incredible. That makes me so hopeful, you know, that yeah. we are taking care of our history and we do preserve it. You yeah. know what I mean? And we're capturing those <laughs> stories. So that makes me very, very happy. A funny story Hoffman told, I thought was uh, he needed so much help. When he got there, it was kind of just the pastor. And so he started having what was called parish workers, younger people that could come for like a year, yeah. help with different things. And he heard about a parish worker who who could come um who her her name i forget what it was but she was like a baroness from austria a lutheran gal young lady and she wanted to spend like eight months in um like in california so Mm -hmm. she came out and he said do you drive and she said no and um he said okay well we'll get you a car and someone to teach you how to drive and she said i don't need that i have a bicycle and he said ursel do you he what did he say Ursel, do you uh, know about the hills in San Pedro? <laughs> I was already like, nope. Yep, I know, me too. 
And she said, Pastor Hoffman, do you know about the hills in Austria? Mm, wow. <laughs> he said she spent the whole year going up and down the hills of San Pedro in her, on her bike, doing oh her, her work, reaching out to her people. Her calves must I have know. been impeccable. Exactly. You know, that was the first I had ever heard of her. Yeah. And it was really delightful to me as later a woman, yeah, you know, who, would, who come. would come and work at Trinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. Yeah, it was fun hearing because uh, so many were Midwesterners transplanted to San Pedro and yeah. kind of to hear their impression of coming to San Pedro, like yes. how beautiful it is, how different it was, how yes. exotic it felt to them in uh-huh. some ways. And I love I love hearing those stories, too, yeah. just kind of like how people's, you know, families or generational, you know, made their way here. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I kind of wanted to go into a little bit for people who don't who may not know, but like Lutheran. Yeah. So there's a spectrum of Christian denominations. Yeah. And growing up, you know, at, at Trinity Lutheran, I did um, catechism. Yeah. You know, I had first communion. Yeah. Um, I always saw Lutheran. What would is it Lutheranism? What is yeah. it? Yeah. Lutheranism. Yeah. Okay. I always saw Lutheranism as like the closest Christian denomination to Catholicism. Sure. Is that right? Came, yeah. came right out of it. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's why, you know, I felt like I grew up with a lot more of that structure, that religious mm. structure, you know, mm-hmm. and even to this day, you wear your robes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When you when you have your Sometimes. sermons. Sometimes, yeah. But mm-hmm. a good yeah. bit of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. Can you explain a little bit more about the theology behind, yeah. you know, Lutheranism and, you know, for people who may identify? Yeah, thanks for asking that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is your time to preach. This is. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Goodness, I got a microphone, right? Yeah, <laughs> to the whole community, hopefully. <laughs> I, I really think that I, I think about the whole church, kind of like a choir or an orchestra, um, and that every I love the whole church. Actually, I mean, I am a Lutheran, and I I'm not just a Lutheran by birth. I I really I by conviction as well. You know, I love our heritage um, and the living part of that heritage, but. I do love the whole church, and I feel like when you um, say the whole church, you I mean, mean all I of love evangelicalism. I love First Presbyterian. I love Mary Star. I love Pentecostals. <laughs> I love the different languages. Mm-hmm. I really authentically do, mm-hmm. and feel like if any of them are go quiet, we're actually in a poorer place. It's mm-hmm. like an orchestra whose mm-hmm. timpani doesn't show up, oh or goodness. their tuba stays home. You know what I mean? And so. I, I feel like the whole church is really important in God's purposes, you know, including ours. Um, I think the distinct, like, not not unique, it's not like no other church says it or sings it, um, but is that the centrality of the grace of God. Um, and the church always throughout its history gets hung up on kind of this tension between what does God do and what are people responsible for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we kind of lean in church history, we kind of lean over into, well, just to be careful, we better make sure that humans are doing their part. And I'd say the Lutheran-like part in the orchestra is to say, it is all God. Like Mm -hmm. he does it from beginning to end. And anything we do is in response to his initiative, to his grace. You know, our prayer isn't something we start. It's a response to what God says to us. You know, our our faith is even a response to God's grace, God at work, you know what I mean, in, in some pretty distinct ways. You know, he works through speaking to us in his word, the scriptures, or in preaching. Um, he feeds us at his table. We respond, you know what I mean? So we're kind of always in this childlike discipleship kind of stance. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just deeply embedded in the scriptures, too. It's interesting. Jesus treats a bunch of grown men like their kids you know mm-hmm. he says unless you become like a child you can't mm-hmm. enter the kingdom of god mm-hmm. and so yeah that uh kind of if, if we lose if we lose the message of what we call grace the mm-hmm. gospel the good news that it's not based on what we have done that we find favor with god or that we can try to get god to love us in some way right. uh if we lose that the centrality that it's actually just God loves us because he's God and because he made us and he has a purpose for us and because he sent his only son to die for us. That's Jesus, of course. Um, then we lose our mm-hmm. voice in the, yeah. in the choir, you know. And so that's kind of the centrality. And the, we call the, the Lutheran Reformation a conservative reformation in the sense that 
they didn't say, let's just start over from scratch. They, they said, okay, here's what we've received from the church. At that time, you know, the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And they didn't say, okay, we're just going to start on ground zero. They said, let's take everything that is good and holy mm-hmm. and that we see in the scripture, at least doesn't oppose, isn't opposed in the scriptures. And let's embrace it. Let's go with it. Let's not just pull the rug out from under all these Christians in mm-hmm. the world, but let's, um, let's uh, sing the grace song, you know, just as loud and clear as, as possible. So I love that. Hey, real quick, just want to remind you again that we have a Patreon. So if you are enjoying the podcast, you're loving this episode, we invite you to visit us at patreon.com slash hello San Pedro, where you can have access to weekly bonus episodes, which include extended interviews, um, some fun content, um, and also some new fun segments that we are bringing into the mix. So we hope you enjoy and let's get back into the episode. What I want to say in response to that is, well, I feel like in this day and age, we are in 2022, you know, we've found a huge, uh, I think the church has come to a huge reckoning, you know, with Catholicism itself, but also, you know, we've seen some of the damage that some of the more religious structured churches have, Mm -hmm. have done, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's a reflection of the church maybe have losing sight of that grace. Right. Right. Um, So I, I feel like, emphasizing what you're saying yeah grace is the point yeah. and to reiterate grace is god loves you because he loves you like yeah. that's it you know right. there you go you you messed up yeah god loves you doesn't you did, change who god you is you did great god loves yep. you like yeah. no matter what you did no matter what you said no matter your history yeah. or your past like god loves you yeah that's yeah right. Yeah. I think that's literally like the thing that needs to be, yeah. you know, kind of, right. you know, and then everything else is just, I want to say f- to increase for a better life. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, I think God has such big plans for us and they're there if we want them. Yeah. He still loves you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and all of the things I think in his word, they're, they're an amazing guide for us to have the richest, most fullest life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But some of us are not there. <laughs> right. Well, I, one thing Martin Luther said is he said, God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. Like you, this morning, Joy and I, my wife, uh, our church has been really deeply connected at 7th Street School for the last couple of years. And so they've needed some help with playground welcoming kids in the morning because they're doing a big construction project. So Joy and I are over there this morning at 740, you know, welcoming kids back to school. They've been there for a week, you know, checking in with them, talking with them. And um, we didn't go there because we wanted God to be happier with us. You know, we, that's already settled in our theology, in our yes. mind, and what we believe the Bible teaches. Like, mm-hmm. that's grace. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that is settled. Now I can just love my neighbor. You know yes. what I mean? Now I can, now I can just live freely mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, not because I'm trying to curry anything with God or get on the, on the you know, work on my resume yes. with God. Yes. That's already settled. I'm already hired. You know, I don't mean as a pastor. I mean, like, I'm in the family. You're in. I'm in. You're good. And just like my <laughs> kids, if they mess up loading the dishwasher, I don't go look for new kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, of course, there's going to be instruction, maybe yeah. discipline in a family, of course. But yeah. no, grace is that freedom. Yeah. It's just freedom. It's different than political freedom. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's Because political freedom's like freedom from something, something oppressive. Right? Yes. Christian freedom. There is a freedom from like we call sin, death and the devil, but it's freedom for something. It's freedom for our neighbor, freedom to be a citizen in San Pedro, freedom to embrace people who are different than us and love them, mm-hmm. you know, regardless. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's grace. Mm-hmm. I love that. That was great. <laughs> I want to say too, that I feel like it also is, um, shedding the shame you know what I mean? Yes. I feel like shame was such a big part of yeah. Oh, yeah. religious institutions. Yeah. You know what I well, mean? Well, it's control. It, yeah, it's control, a lot of shame, you yeah. know, like shaming you for doing whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas I feel like what you're saying now, it is really not about mm-hmm. sh- shaming yourself for what you did wrong. It's right. embracing that God loves you no matter yep. what. Right. right. And that's yeah. at the core of our current statement, really welcome home. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I saw the beautiful painting yeah. and I had to take a picture of it because it just says welcome home. Yeah. And, and it, it feels felt like, like that a little home. bit for you, yeah. I hope. Yeah. It does feel yes. like that. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of what people, my, the story I hear from people with church experience, church, we call it church hurt, you know, and it, we have 
we have unfortunately given church hurt every church has because it's made up of human beings you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and it's made up of of leaders who are human beings um is you're not welcome here for some reason Mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. disqualified for some reason that's the heart of shame Mm -hmm. you know it's unbelonging and um so the 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 word of the gospel is like the prodigal son story in the bible you know it's just the favorite story of most people who read the bible find it in the gospel of luke is a son who doesn't deserve to be let home but his father runs and embraces him and um so that message of welcome home is really mm-hmm. i think the it that's the gospel mm-hmm. you know when we talk about the gospel it's just good news it's not yeah. it's not um a lot of people when they think of preaching or the gospel they see a finger wagging yep. that's mm-hmm. different it's arms wide open mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. yeah that's great i'm really glad that we emphasize that point um yeah. So hopefully you are, I think I kind of see a continuation of Hoffman's work with you, but yeah. not necessarily door to door, but like spreading the word, yeah. you know, through modern advances. Right. Mm-hmm. So like technology, YouTube, yeah. um, I see you guys on Facebook all the time. Yeah, right. Sometimes when I'm getting ready, I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to play it, you yeah. know, just to get a good, yeah. <laughs> a good vibe yeah. to start my day, you know? And I, yeah. and it's so accessible now. So yeah. I do see a little bit of that work continuing, which yeah. is really great. Um, it's hard to go door to door in San Peter. I actually have tried, but you know what I mean? It's like there's there's dogs. <laughs> yeah, there's And there's dogs. gates and there's I mean it all there and for good reason, you know what I yeah. mean, that we have actually, have those things. You're but, absolutely right. Yeah. I don't know if you can do door to door. I don't know that it is that helpful anymore, you know, either. But. I think only the mailman has the yeah. right to go in and out of gates and and stuff. You yeah, know what that's I mean? Right. What um, about your Lucy booth? Oh, that's true, yeah. A Lucy booth. Well, I, I got the idea from someone, but a, co- a couple of years ago, it was before COVID, and that kind of put an end to it, though I think it should start again. I had a guy in our church, Jim Holland, who I just love, and he built me a booth that looks like Lucy's um, from Charlie advice Brown. booth from Charlie oh, Brown, yeah. and I just put on it spiritual advice, five cents, the pastor is in, and I would set it up. I put it down. Once I, I did it at first Thursday, but I usually just put it out here on 7th and Weymouth, had so many people come in and visit me and I wouldn't take five cents from them. I gave them five cents and said if they didn't like the advice, they could give me the five cents back. I love that. Yeah, it was really, really fun. And even people in the church who've never come to my office and shared something vulnerable would come out to the sidewalk, sit at that booth and share something vulnerable. And so, yeah, it's a... There's an accessibility, I think. You and should a connection start that piece. again. That's I know. Incredible. Yeah, it was really yeah. encouraging. And I feel like it, and I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all that people who were in the church wouldn't yeah. share something with you at church, but would t- tell you something on the street. Yeah. And, you know, at church, I just feel like we all are just programmed to be on our best behavior. <laughs> Don't say anything about Saturday night or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but that's that's incredible. I do. Yeah. I think that you should definitely bring that yeah, back. Yeah, I do. I do too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of confirmation. Did you get some tears? Oh, yes. Mm. No. Even yes. me. I'm just thinking of myself. I would go up and just ask the simplest question. I'd yeah. probably be like bawling in seconds. I couldn't believe how many people actually... It was like therapy in a minute. It was. You know? It yeah. was. And I couldn't believe how many people actually said, I was just asking God for a sign. Mm. And a couple, I can, you know, I can't go into the details, but a couple even said, I just got out of the recovery down at San Peter Hospital, or I just was leaving the ER from San Peter Hospital. We're close to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I was asking God for a sign and just pour their life out on the side of the road. Amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all ages. Um, Definitely some suspicious people. That's fine. I just kind of tried to disarm with a smile and went over in different ways. But that's okay. You know, yeah. of course, there should be suspicion mm-hmm. among some people. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. The crazy guy on the corner giving us. Yeah, it was a little. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, your smile is so welcoming. Yeah. So I think that your disarming technique is probably the right way to go. <laughs> and I'd get uh, emails or letter from like even uh, Janice Hahn who said, I was thinking of stopping by or um, oh, some other people that are in leadership in our, you know, community that have been pretty fun. You know what? I'm going to interject right here yes. because this guy's the real deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was able to work really closely with him in ministry for a total of 12 years yeah. with two of my hats on, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, you get to know somebody well in a situation like that. And I, I just tell people all the time, he, that smile is genuine and it reflects what's in his heart. Mm-hmm. 
He loves all. He loves all ages. He loves mm -hmm. all people. Um, he's the grace guy. He really is. Mm -hmm. So it's really neat. Feels I mutual love that. too. Oh, <laughs> you're sweet. <laughs> okay, Sue. I um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your oh. history here. So okay. you mentioned earlier that the Scots. Yes. First came to Trinity in the 1950s or yes. so, right? When mm -hmm. that uh, Mr. Hoffman, Pastor yeah. Hoffman. Yeah did his evangelical work, yeah. right? and 300 people came to the church, <laughs> right? So that's yeah. incredible. Can you yeah. tell us a little more about that? Sure. Um, I actually showed up um, in 1980. Um, With long, beautiful hair. It was really long, man, I, I just, it? I'm only thinking of her wedding yeah. picture, because yeah. it's uh -huh. so you beautiful. It. Yeah, I got to donate my hair twice to Locks of Love, and that was always, you know, a joy when, yeah. but, um, uh, anyway, there's it's it's an exciting and hopeful time at Trinity right now. You know, in uh, 2022, um, we have <clears throat> six interns that are showing up next week. And when I showed up in 1980, there was a program that was somewhat similar yeah. called Project Servant. Um, I had just graduated from college, and I was consecrated into the Lutheran diaconate, which makes me a deaconess, means servant. Um, gives you sort of an opportunity to be in, quote, professional church work. And um, was just going to be in that sort of intern-type role for, for a year. Um, <clears throat> but I met Tobiah, who had been here since he was two, you know, in the late 50s there, as we mentioned. Um, <clears throat> and he, we, figure, we figure he's probably the longest person around here now because we've never moved away from this area, and he's always been here. You know, whereas there's, it's a pretty transient society, right? People come and go. Mm -hmm. um, and my sister-in-law reminded me this morning that uh, my mother-in-law, um, she was a relative to even a pastor before Hoffman, mm -hmm. Pastor Andrew's wife, was that like sort of one of those cousins, how many mm -hmm. removed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's what brought them here, was knowing that history mm -hmm. uh, and brought the Scots here and when uh, Tobiah was little. And <clears throat> so so I came and I left, but I had met Tobe and we dated some and he came to Ohio and brought me back. I remember this story. You actually, <laughs> I actually just learned this story, your yeah. love story. Yeah. By the and way, I, I'm, I'm really good at catching everybody's love stories <laughs> on the podcast. Like, we're, just like, we're just gonna put the main episode on pause and take a quick detour into your personal love story. Yeah. I always do that. Well, but yeah, you had shared that, um, so you met Tobiah here at the church. Yes. You were doing really church work. You were, yeah. you were helping out. it was just out. a year program, a very similar to these interns that we now have this yeah. amazing program uh -huh. of people coming in now. Um, and he couldn't say goodbye. Yeah, and, and it was time for me to leave, and I really didn't know if I'd be back. I mean, I, I did not expect to be back, mm -hmm. actually. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to receive calls as a deaconess to congregations and agencies and things, and so it's kind of on that track. But, um, yeah, he flew out to Ohio on a whim, and we waited a week there and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, tried to figure it all out, and then I came back with him. We were married four months after that. I actually lived with his parents uh, who were, you know, his dad was an elder here. His dad built physically, but we were talking about, um, you know, the, like the, the temple across the street and here, you know, the PV stone and yeah. whatever, whatever you physically use. My father-in-law built Temple Bethel. Uh, he did a lot of the construction yeah. on this on this campus. I wanted to well. ask you about that because I remember a long time ago you mentioned that Bompa did the work here. Mm -hmm. A lot of it, yes. I, his name is Bob. Right? Yeah. Okay. I was Build like, I just really, yeah. I just realized I never really use his name. I right. always He's called like him Bompa. Bompa I'm sure he is. Yeah. Maria. Your family. Yeah. That's right. Growing up with Maria, family. she called him Bompa. Bompa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now Tobe is Bapa yeah. to ours. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm Mama. But he really, I was thinking when, I remember when we, when Bob passed away, yes. um, that I thought, is there a, is there anywhere on this campus that his fingerprints haven't, right. you know, just improved or constructed and even some of Temple Bethel across yeah, the street, did, along with a lot build, of restaurants, yeah. many yes. other things that the red he onion. The red onion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he was more than that. He was a builder of people too, yes, you know, and um, so. that, that that's one thing I love about the heritage here at mm -hmm. Trinity is leaders that, well, it's a parish sized church. It's not a, it's not a huge church. People are known. People have names. It's family. 
They're not numbers, you know, and it's always been that way here. And nothing against large churches. Mega, There's wonder ways to do mm -hmm. it. But the the leaders are not celebrities here. You know what I mean? They don't have, they're not building their platform. <laughs> and uh, so that, that is exemplified in totally. leaders like Bob, you know what I mean? That not only built buildings, but built people. And, mm -hmm. um, and when we had the staff reunion at my house, my house is the house that my father-in-law built for his family just prior to coming to Trinity mm -hmm. in the mid fifties. Um, up in Miralest, and we had all these old staff members who some of them had had prayer meetings in the living room where I uh, dwell. Mm -hmm. um, and we love that home. It's a family home. We were able to move in. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of a part of the, the Trinity family, too. We've had mm -hmm. baby showers and different things yeah. at, at our house because we have some property there. But mm -hmm. so when Toe brought me back, and I lived there for four months, and then... Um, Real we, quick, how old are you? I'm 65. No, 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 I meant were you. Oh, then, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was 24, I, 23, I think. Mm -hmm. I had a five-year program in Deaconess mm -hmm. Training, so mm -hmm. I think it was tw uh, 23 when I actually came then. Mm -hmm. um, I had an internship part of my Deaconess program, um, and I went to a couple different schools and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Everything was Midwest for me there. Mm -hmm. So now I'm, you know, settling in California, um, and um, which reminds me because when one of the houses that we moved into, that's where your family lived across the street. Mm -hmm. um, your your brother brother David was still in diapers, and you were just mm -hmm. out of them. And my daughter and. Um, I, that one of those days when you were over for the first time and I asked you what your, I knew you were Amanda, but I didn't, didn't know anything else about your name. Should I tell everybody? Yep, go ahead. <laughs> and you said, my name is Amanda Rosavia. Well, I thought your last name was Rosavia, <laughs> but it was really Rosa was your middle name. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so Amanda Silva, as a married woman, um, you were Amanda Rosavia. <laughs> Via being your your last name, and of course your wonderful family that's mm -hmm. still in that house yeah. and able to visit them recently. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so yeah, so I came here um, and did that just part almost a year. Came back, we started a family, Tobe and I, and so I just was involved in everything around here. And then I was able to become the first children's ministry director. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was in the era of you guys coming to VBS and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Uh, and then I was also later the last principal of Trinity Lutheran School. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had the opportunity, Nathan asked me one day to come in and, and discuss a position as actual deaconess, mm -hmm. which was my training. Um, and so I did pastoral care, catechism program, that sort, those kinds of things for 10 years mm -hmm. and retired a few years ago. Uh, so I I want to hear a little bit more about the vision because, um, well, actually, there's a couple things I want to touch on. Yeah. You mentioned Carol Peterson. Yeah. I never knew about legacy gifts yeah. um, until, really, I was working with Angela Romero, and oh. she was really trying to start the San Pedro Heritage Museum. Yeah. That's when I first heard about, like, legacy gifts, you yeah. know? Um, and basically how, you know, she... she gave a good size amount of money yeah. mm. after she passed away she left it to the church yeah. and i just think that's incredible it's amazing and i want to just throw that out there you know yeah. because i'm not sure you know i think people are not necessarily planning for their end all the time yeah. you know and um and what they want to leave to the institutions that yeah. are important to them and so i just want to put that out there for so many worthy organizations oh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and uh, of course i'm i believe that the gift was a really well spent gift. It was interesting for our congregation to, in a way, have to deal with, like, now what do we do? Because there's mm -hmm. definitely personalities in our congregations, like, let's just give it all away. Mm -hmm. And others mm -hmm. in our congregation that say, no, we have a viable mission right yeah. here. God mm -hmm. has called us to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, uh, it was cool kind of watching as the body of Christ, that's what we call the church, you know what I mean? Had to kind of work out what do we, right. what do we keep and invest here? What do we give away? And mm -hmm. I, I like how it all shook out for sure. Um, I think, well, I just think it's incredible and I wanted to just emphasize that, you know, yeah. um, but then also the vision. Yeah. So once we have, you know, a brand new building, a yeah. brand new facility, we have a working pool. What's yeah. the goal for San Pedro or Trinity for Trinity? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to continue to certainly be an intergenerational, like parish sized church, we're hemmed in, you know, our goal is not to buy a lot more of San Pedro, you know, to make a gigantic 
uh, church, um, but really to be a strong, vital neighborhood church here mm-hmm. in San Pedro. Um, but even now what we're doing is we're realizing that in the broader church, not just Trinity, but in the whole church, there's like a leadership crisis, not only in character of leadership, but like number of leaders, like where are the next generation of leaders going to come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, pastors, priests, deaconesses, all, you know, all sorts of different kind of leaders in the church. And so what we've done is we've really, um, in community, so like a really intentional community, not just like drop in come and go kind of like maybe you do in like a youth ministry type thing but Mm -hmm. like people who go I want to commit to a year of living in community with some other young adults some of them actually live in residence here Mm -hmm. on campus and then other young adults they go to Harbor College or they're working um, they join us on a weekly basis or even more often than weekly for some of them and we learn together we eat together we pray together we laugh together we cry together we serve together Um, we're learning to live life together in that kind of intentional kind of Christian community. And we call that the Theta community. It's for high school seniors through Mm 29-year-olds. And out of that has actually, it wasn't our main purpose, but out of that has come people go, I actually think I might have a calling to serve as a leader in the church. So out of that have come um, people who are serving in um, things like youth ministry, um, uh, teaching in um, Christian schools, and then um, four seminarians who are uh, people who are preparing for becoming pastors in wow. the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to two other actually um, young women today that are also actually thinking about um, ministry as a pastor mm-hmm. in in Christ Church. And so that would be six people. And yes. I. Wow. Uh, I'm really excited about that. One of the huge things that is a, a obstacle, of course, is housing prices in Southern California. These young people, we did, talk about we that, did think, like, yeah. where are they going to live? And is there, I just saw in the LA Times recently that if you have $2,500 budgeted for monthly, um, whether it's mortgage or rent or whatever, mm-hmm. you can only afford 11% of um, LA County. And you can afford like 60% of Phoenix and you can afford 70% of Houston or something like, so like, how do our young people make a life here? You know, that's a huge, that we don't have the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I have dreams, but I don't yes. have the answer. Lisa, you have some dreams, I though. have dreams, and if anybody wants to help with the dreams, talk to me at Nathan uh, well, at Trinity St. Peter. I think that's going to be a bigger conversation that needs to be had yeah. with like community leaders, you yep. know, outside the church, because I think we're all trying to figure out that problem, you know, yeah. of more housing, more affordable housing for our next generation, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is incredible. Okay, if you would have told me 17 years ago that housing was a central piece to gospel ministry. Mm-hmm. I would have said, you're crazy. You know what I mean? I thought, mm-hmm. that's, that's secular. I'm talking spiritual. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely actually integrated that mm-hmm. the inability for people to find housing mm-hmm. actually totally erodes the stability of our, not only the Trinity community, but the San Pedro community. Because mm-hmm. we have like lots of young adults that would love to actually take root here. Mm-hmm. But they go, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can make a life here. Right. Same with newly retired people, actually. I mean, I have a lot of baby boomers that are going, I'm going to have to retire out of state. Mm. I talked to a lady with tears in her eyes last weekend, and she said, I'm moving to Oklahoma, and I don't want to, really. But I mean, she's like, I'm going to make the best of it, but I want to stay here. Mm. So it's not just young people. Um, but that that's a huge huge issue for us. So we do have some housing on campus here. So we have interns, like Sue mm-hmm. said. Uh, and a history of that, back from parish workers to that was called you Project yourself, Servant. Which I lived soup. with a family back in 1980. Yeah. A way I think when I think that. about yeah. the future vision, in some ways it's seeds planted, like we said mm-hmm. in the past, that mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's like part of our DNA that just something mm-hmm. of working with young adults, youth, actually keeps on mm-hmm as a part of our story here at Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that continuing into the future. So yeah, we ha- we'll host, this coming year, we'll host six interns, they're called. Most of them are uh, recent college graduates, a few of them a little younger, looking for a gap year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they serve in the church and in the community for 20 hours a week. Um, and then they live here for free. So um, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a high school 
kid from San Pedro High School. He just recently became a Christian, and he asked me last week, Nathan, how do I become an intern? When can I do that? And so I'm dreaming about the day when we have some more homegrown kind of interns as well. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so we do that. And then the seminarians, like I said, and then outside of that, the larger young adult community. Mm -hmm. We have our young adult community on Wednesday because there's people that are a part of it that are active in other churches, but they don't have much young adult ministry at those churches. Mm -hmm. And so... We feel like there's a lot of great churches in San Pedro, without a doubt. I, I'm friends with most of the pastors of, in San Pedro. But some of them are older, some of them are a lot younger, and that kind of college age 20s is oftentimes kind of a underrepresented right, right. group. And so the reason we, we schedule ours for Wednesday night meetings is so they can still be a part of mm-hmm. uh, their, their, their church on Sunday or Saturday night whenever they go to church, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of be together with some other young adults in Christian community. So is this the first young adult like ministry here for a while? Uh, this I mean, organized remember, or this intentional. Okay. Yeah. This, Cause I remember youth group and that yeah. was when we were like teenagers, right. but I don't remember anything yeah. it for like, you know, 20, early twenties, like right. kind of the 18 through 30. Yeah. We, try we different used to call things. it college career group. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not really anything like this. This right. is really very intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I want to be respectful of both of your time. I know there's a lot going on. I Just coming in, I was like, there's so many cars here. And like, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. And I was greeted by Darcy. And it was just so good to see everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad we got to really get into the history of Trinity. I didn't even know. I didn't know so much. And I learned so much. I think we learned a lot yeah. in this last couple of weeks too. So for that was cool. Yeah. Preparing for this. Yeah. Um, I think it's incredible that you interviewed um, Pastor Hoffman and you captured those stories. And that brings me to my next point. Where can people find you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the church website's easy, just trinitysanpedro.org. Mm-hmm. And so much of it is on there, including there's a history section that has a link to those six. We, we just kind of divided the history up into six eras. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that early pioneering era to this, you know, most recent era. And they're just short videos, five minutes to 10 minutes each. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they give kind of a glimpse, not only of Trinity, but of its life in San Pedro during those times. Mm -hmm. More information on the website about the young adult community, Theta, it's called, or Mm -hmm. the older folks that uh, come once a month called Omega. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, all that's on the website. We have a wonderful communications uh, director who was a former intern mm-hmm. and she's keeping our website up to date which is That's a task in itself yeah mm-hmm. I mean it's funny all these new p- positions you have to create for basically tech right, right. like social media no, and right. website you yeah. know and and to help us older people who have a hard time with it <laughs> um, okay so Trinity yeah and um, what time are church services yeah um, starting in September uh, Worship will be in the morning at 9.30 mm-hmm. and in the evening at 5 p.m. Okay. And at the 5 p.m. service, after the 5 p.m. service is dinner. Mm. So that's a great one. And then so lots of family the activities. Here? Yeah. Wow. And then lots of family activities. A kids choir that is so fun. God Rocks has been one of our largest ministries in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Before COVID, we were up to about 80 kids in mm-hmm. God Rocks. Most of those are from the community, not mm-hmm. necessarily connected to Trinity uh, but a really fun. They put on two musicals a year. My wife is the one who leads it. It's super, super fun. Mm-hmm. After COVID, it was much smaller, but it's, it's still, you know, 30 to 40 kids, yeah. and uh, we just have a ball. So that's I was on able Sundays to too. see Joy in action in VBS, and she's incredible. She's good. Yeah. 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 And my son had so much fun, yeah. and it was really, really awesome. I've so. heard many parents say she could work at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, well, thank you both so much. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I and I hope that for people who are listening who have felt either disconnected from the church or felt um, maybe some shame or some yeah. like thoughts of oh, I'm not welcome mm-hmm. or I'm not right yet. You know, I'm not good mm-hmm. enough yet. I know. I mean, that's yeah. out there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that you've heard the message of grace today, and that mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking for a church, you know, you might stop in. So we'd welcome you home that would too. Be wonderful. Yeah. Yes. It'll say welcome home right yep. there. And <laughs> when Amanda, you come up. So fun to be with you. Super. 
Um, we're proud of you, man. We <laughs> now we're going to oh slip into <laughs> old people mode and say, we're so proud of you and yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, so, so funny. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, thank you. That's all for our episode. Follow us for more on Instagram at Podcast. Huge thanks to Rock Ashfield at Palm Realty Boutique for providing us such a gorgeous recording space. And thank you to all of our amazing Patreon supporters. Leave us a review and share this episode with your friends, neighbors, and coworkers. See you next week.